online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again. This is Food FM. You're listening to the business of food with Asma Khan. This podcast is brought to you by Distill Ventures. At Distill Ventures, we're always on the hunt for the next great drinks idea. We believe that true brand innovation comes from those who are often overlooked. And with our pre-accelerator, we aim to find those founders. With our pre-accelerator, we're searching for founders from underrepresented communities who need the funding and support to kickstart their vision. To apply to Distill Ventures pre-accelerator or to begin your journey in creating a new drinks idea, head to www.distillventures.com now. As you say, I think women are underrepresented in the entire drinks, food, hospitality industry. I do think that we kind of look at it from positive, glass full way. That I do think also by being a minority, it's easier to stand out and to stand out in a crowded male-dominated market. But obviously, it also has its challenges. And I think for me, I think about being taken as serious as maybe uh, male colleagues, I think has been the biggest challenge. Today is quite exciting because I don't have just one uh, guest. I have two and they're twins. And you probably all heard of them. I just absolutely love the name. They are Double Dutch and Raisa and Joyce, welcome to my show. Thank you for having us. Hello. Hello. So it's just fascinating because I, I came across the bottle. I can't remember where it was in a bar somewhere. And I just was so curious because it just looked so beautiful. It was the name that I just was like floored by, Double Dutch. So I think it's only fair for those who actually have not had the good fortune to actually see the bottle or come across the drink, uh, the tonic. Why don't one of you, uh, or even both, uh, tell me what Double Dutch is? So with Double Dutch, we are Dutch twins, hence the name Double Dutch. Uh, but we offer a range of 11 all-natural tonic waters and mixers. And we try to offer a bit of innovation in the mixer markets by offering flavors such as cucumber watermelon, bonnet and basil. We just launched our uh, margarita soda and our Bloody Mary soda. So very different, very unique. And basically for, uh, to offer something different and making cocktails in a really easy and consistent way. And then our um, entire range is low in sugars. So we try and work with fruit that is uh, naturally a little bit more sweeter from itself so that we need to that we don't need to add as much sugar as other soft drinks. So we have a beautiful Indian tonic. It has a little bit of juniper, berries and grapefruit. We have a skinny tonic, a ginger beer, but we also have a margarita soda, Bloody Mary, and all really to drink with different types of spirits, not just for your gin alone. It is, it is quite interesting because uh, I hadn't realized till I actually saw uh, uh, your range uh, on, online uh, that why it took it's so long for someone to actually come up with tonic because there's so much innovation going on in the drinks business, you know, with, with spirits. Also now, you know, I don't drink alcohol, with non-alcoholic uh, options. But somehow, you know, you didn't see a lot of innovation with tonics and mixers. And uh, why do you think this happened? Then tell me what was the thinking behind you, both of you coming up with the idea of actually coming up with high-end, high-quality mixers? I think you're right. There is so much innovation in the whole spirits industry and so many different distilling methods and flavor innovation in gins and in other spirits. But 
choice of tonic waters and mixers, which is basically a complementary product to the spirits industry, has kind of had a lag and, and has been slower to respond to emerging food trends and innovation in the category. So I think we really wanted to offer something different and, and our flavors are quite inspired by popular food uh, profiles. And how we started, we basically, when we were younger, our parents, they had like a, um, a distillery in the house where we grew up in. And so we kind of always grew up knowing local distilleries in the Netherlands and just build up a big passion. And when we went to university, we had a deal with our friends that we, our friends would always bring like a bottle of premium tequila, vodka or whatever spirits, and we would make our own homemade flavored soda waters. Um, so we made that just like as a very fun thing to do. Some of them were delicious, some definitely a bit less. Um, <laughs> but it was just like a fun thing we did. And our friends always started calling us the Tonic Twins. And then we moved to London about eight, nine years ago. And so we did an MBA in London at UCL and then devoted our year at UCL about the whole beverage industry. And we wrote as our as our dissertation, we wrote a business plan about more healthy, innovative, flavorful mixers and tonic waters. Where we graduated, we got an award for best business plan of the year. And with that, our university gave us money to basically uh, make our business plan a real business. Uh, and so that's when Double Dutch was born. Okay, so that that actually is uh, leading me to the next question, which was that I a lot of people, you know, like the two of you, have ideas about the drinks industry, that this is quite interesting, or I can do this well, or they can see a gap in the market. Your story about you know being, going to UCL, doing the MBA, having the business plan, this has obviously made, made it possible to be where you are today. And you know, I've seen this thing you know, of, of the fact that you know, in 2019, you know, under 30s, you all were celebrated as real kind of great entrepreneurs for the business you do. But for someone who has not got the opportunity to go to do an MBA or go through a business school. I just wanted to ask you, I think it is very important to actually have the financials, have business planning, because it cannot only be about a creative idea because you need to be able to bring it to the market. Yeah, and uh, completely. I don't think you need a uh, finance degree or an MBA, but I think you need to be able to understand basic accounting you need to be able to read your own pnl and your balance sheet because i think especially when you're starting a business cash flow is so so crucial and i think most are especially we've that in the first couple of years you're always struggling with cash flow and investors and i think that's just one of the most important things and having a good understanding of your pricing structure from the start, I think is also one of the most important things because you need to be able to just your recommended retail price is not enough. You need to know that you're gonna, is your business model gonna go via distributors or extra importers, wholesalers. And so I think it's important that you have that right from the beginning because it's so difficult to increase pricing rather than go down. But with that, you can learn along the way and I think with, especially in the UK, what we've noticed is there's such a kind of helping culture in between, especially the food and beverage industry, that while if you haven't gone to university, there is this community that will, you'll learn along the way. And there are lots of mentors that will help you. Um, so I think it's amazing. And I think you should take all the advantage you can to 
uh, get support. And I think with the UK, they want to support the underdog. Um, so I think it's it's a very good community and climate in the UK to to get that support. No, I agree with you because I think that, you know, um, I say this very often that, you know, I have an all-female uh, kitchen. And yeah. I, I do home cooking. I could only have succeeded in a place like London because yeah. there are people, as you say, who step in and support you and, you know, if you're the underdog, they will always be there to cheer you on. And, you know, yeah. people should not be afraid. Uh, that's a really good you know, point you made. And I just want to also add my, my support to what you've just said, that, you know, you can succeed, you know, in, in a place like London and in England, there, is, there are lots of people who are kind and willing to give help to others, yeah. to give them their time, their advice and expertise to, to make you successful. So I just now just wanted to go back I, I kind of like a timeline. When did you actually get your first mixer bottle out to a customer, client, and who was that person? Who who bought your product first? Uh, we produced our first batch of cucumber watermelon and pomegranate and basil uh, mid 2015, and then I think our first customer was the Dorchester, and then they helped us introduce us to Harvey Nichols, and then Harvey Nichols helped us introduce us to Fortnite Mason, and I think we found that people were really willing to help each other yeah and i think also the the nice thing again i think within food and beverage is that it's such a small community and all bartenders know each other and all lots of it's all such a tight community so if one bartender really likes a product he that that guy said like oh my roommate is also a bartender in i don't know zuma and then that bartender in zuma was friends with the bartender of another bar and that kind of really helped us get the first, um, yeah, first kind of customers for us. Start from the Dorchester. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, start start from the very, 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 very top. So <laughs> you, I mean, I, I, I know I can, I can look at the range that you have now and I can see, you know, a lot of thinking has gone behind the labels. I, even if I didn't know that there were, that the, the, product was launched or created by two women, there's a kind of feminine energy that you get from the label. And I, I love that because uh, I think, unfortunately, you know, too many men are in the drinks industry and it is unusual and very, very exciting to see women and especially young women, uh, you know, in, you know, coming up with something innovative, uh, being very successful. Uh, and creating a niche in the market. I don't know whether, you know, your experience has been challenging because it seems like you've got a lot of support from people, but does it feel different to being a, 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 a female in the industry? Yeah, I think it's definitely, as you say, I think women are underrepresented in the entire drinks, food, hospitality industry. I do think that we kind of look at it from... Uh, positive glass full way that I do think also by being a minority it's easier to stand out and to to stand out in a crowded male-dominated market but obviously it also has its challenges and I think for me I think about being taken as serious as maybe uh, male colleagues I think has been the biggest challenge but I think it's amazing that you say that you have an all-female kitchen. We are so, I think as women, we all need to support each other and we're completely dominate, gonna dominate um, the male-dominated uh, hospitality industry. 
with that, we also we organize a female um, bartender scholarship every year, where we are uh, where we do a nine course module with to kind of help launch female bartenders in the industry and help them kind of uh, with their career on on courses on social media, but also bartending mixology. So I'm super excited about that, and I think there is such a big movement around pushing women to be the best that we can, that I think it is that it is really, there is positive momentum. Yeah, and I, but I also think it is on us women to take those opportunities. I think never has there ever been so many incentives and like initiatives to help and support women, whether that is, I don't know, private equity and VC funds that only want to invest into female-based startups or you have these female networking events and there are more and more initiatives, but we all as women need to take those opportunities and don't see it as, oh, that it's just focused on women, but that is that shouldn't be the um, the leading the leading perspective why people want to invest in me or whatever that is i think we need to take those opportunities and that's the way how we're all gonna take over this male-dominated industry so i think it's a it also needs to come from us all obviously you know all of us got hit very badly uh, in uh you know march from march 2020 uh with yep. the pandemic were you selling directly at that time on your website uh what happened over the pandemic with your business so the majority of our revenues came from on trade and hospitality so when uh covid started uh hitting we thought it was going to be the biggest nightmare ever because we had the uk was definitely our home market but then we were exporting to about i think 25 other countries but then every day a new country went into lockdown down and so then we just thought we need to start focusing on D2C and, and getting more retailers and grocery on board. So we switched that quite quickly. We launched our own web shop, I think four days after lockdown in the UK, which was a terrible website to launch with, but at least we had something. And then we just started knocking on many of the grocers uh, doors and seeing if they had any range reviews or were looking at tonic waters. So all in all, we managed to uh, remain similar uh, levels of revenue in 2019 to 2020. And then 21 was really good, actually. So I think coming out of COVID, we probably have a healthier split between retail and on-trades. But I think drinks brands are still being built in the on-trade. And I think hospitality is, is definitely still our main focus. And I'm very excited for hospitality finally to have uh, no restrictions anymore. So I'm really, really excited for for this summer. Okay, that, no, I, I think it's you know I think the worst is over. Uh, you know, and we we should hopefully all at some point uh, come back to normality. But it's good because you know you had the choice of you know going into retail. Problem with all of us who were in yeah. Uh, yeah. in hospitality stuck with huge rents and you know i mean we did uh we did delivery which was very successful but you know not everybody could pivot out of that situation uh it's all been very challenging but i'm i'm i am i agree with you all i'm very optimistic i think that you know the future is is going to be strong for us all of us mm -hmm. and we we will do very well but i you know i i i know the beginning of the story i also read uh some some uh, articles on y'all that y'all moved to to london and you know, I'm a huge fan of the city. I think the city is incredible. The city embraces us all. But I want to know, would, do you intend to stay on in London as your base? 
would you see yourself going back to where you came from, to where your family is, and you know, where you also have your roots? I think it's difficult to say for certain now, but I think the one thing that COVID has learned us is that being remote does work. I think there's still a big thing of networking and, and meeting face to face, but some things might have make be making have, have taught us that it's possible to not be always in, in the same place, like we're now doing this podcast over over um, not being in the same room. I think that's amazing. So I think we I, I love London and London is my, my hometown definitely, but I can see a future where we would travel more between London and our hometown. Okay, I mean, for me, I, I also can't see myself moving uh, out of out of London. So, I mean, I've seen the whole range that you have, you know, with the ginger beer and everything. I'm curious to try everything uh, because I, I know that you can use a mixer with something that's not alcoholic as well. So, you know, that, that's the exciting thing that it, it looks, uh, I love the combinations. But I wanted to ask you that, you know, I'm sure you are, you know, looking at other things as well in the future. I mean, obviously, without giving away any secrets, you know, what are what are your future plans? Because obviously, this is extremely successful. You've come up with something that no one knew they needed. And now everybody wants it because it is, uh, you know, uh, something unusual, uh, high quality, you know, and great combination of flavors. And that that is all making it very interesting. But if you can tell me what else what is the future ahead for Double Dutch? We're doing currently quite a lot of uh, new product development. And I think that's such a fun part of the business and doing lots of tastings and getting the right flavors together. So all in all, I, I love the process of it. And we've got some really exciting uh, new flavor profiles that are more, a bit more botanical and floral coming out um, in the next year. And then we're expanding on more, as you say, mixers that lend itself towards the lower ABV, no ABV flavor combinations. I think what we have, we've looked into, especially with COVID, looked into should we be expanding to completely different categories. I think our main, at the moment, our main thinking is let's try and really, really own and focus on our core business. What we do is like more flavorful, non-alcoholic flavored soda waters and tonic waters. So that is Definitely our core business, we're going to innovate with new flavor combinations, different types of, of uh, different types of uh, more occasions. So more, maybe looking more at on the one inside aperitifs, more after dinner, lunch occasions. So that kind of innovation, but we're not going into a spirit category or those kind of things at the moment. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because the thing is that, you know, that's what I was curious to know, whether you would actually be looking at developing uh, flavored spirits because that, you know, this clearly, and, you know, I, I know this reference that, you know, you talked about, you know, uh, having a background where gin was drunk a lot, you know, from where you came from. So I just wanted to know how you would go. And at the moment, everything is in glass bottles, right? Yes. So the majority is in glass bottles, but we also have 150 mil cans. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. You're listening to The Business of Food with Asma Khan, brought to you by Distill Ventures. To apply to Distill Ventures Pre-Accelerator or to begin your journey in creating a new drinks idea, head to www.distillventures.com now. I wanted to conclude by asking you a more personal question. What is it like to work in a very pressured environment 
with family and now with your twin. So is it, <laughs> it, does it help in your creative process that you know how each other thinks? Because it's always fascinating to see the dynamics of very successful business partnerships of two very different people coming from very different backgrounds due to, of course, you know, twins. So yeah. has it helped you all that you know each other so well? You've known each other your whole life. Yeah, I think it's very efficient probably because we kind of know each other inside out. And I think on the one hand side, for example, in meetings, you see on each other's like the way you look up or whatever, whether you're on the same page or whether you think it's going well or, or something like that. So I think that really helps as in this, you don't have to say anything and you kind of know what we, what we think. And on the other hand, maybe that's a bad thing or it's a good thing. We don't have any kind of tiptoeing around each other. If we disagree, we disagree. We don't think about how to say this politely that we don't agree. So we do fight a little bit every day and then we make up very quickly. Um, so it's very efficient. There's no tiptoeing. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to see that on the short term, we quite often like disagree and then we see who's, I mean, I think we're both open on who's right and who's not right. And we obviously uh, get our team involved on that. But on the long term, we have so much the same vision and mission and what we want to do with Double Dutch that it's really it's a very easy, natural relationship. It's never that you need to think like, oh, I really said something wrong or I should have said that in another way. And I think the nice thing with that is that obviously if we go on holidays or we're with our family, it's very often about double Dutch, but that's also a nice thing because it's such a family kind of based part of our life. So well, that's interesting. I would have wanted it another way. <laughs> you know, because people listening to this show, uh, you know, we, I, most of our, uh, our guests, you know, uh, we've never had twins before. Of course, it's our first time. Most of our, you know, have come up with something innovative and, you know, have come up with a new product. And, you know, we talk to people who have done different things. So we're really looking at the pioneers, you know, in, in, this, in this radio show. I've been talking to pioneers in different fields. I, you know, just from both of you, uh, a piece of advice to someone listening in who may have a dream about, doing something from your experience and you know you all of course have been very successful but of course what we don't see are the failures and the doubts and the insecurities behind i know this very well with myself mm. people only see mm. my success they don't see the struggle and the the pain i mm. mean i i wanted to ask both of you to give advice to someone about how you cope with challenges you may not have faced it but what is you know your advice to them on how to keep on going that it, you know, because I know that the road for an entrepreneur, especially food and drink is not smooth and that you do hit hurdles. I just wanted to give some positive, you know, note advice to people listening. I think for me, just if you have an idea and you want to start, but you don't really, you're not hundred percent certain about, about everything, just launch in a super small way and start trying to sell it to to customers and to people who actually want to pay for the products when we launched we kind of we knew that our labels were not mediocre but really bad um but we kind of ran out of money and we needed to launch and we needed to start selling and i think in hindsight that was quite good because we went out to market and we changed our recipes and our branding and labels all based on actual customer feedback, 
rather than waiting until we thought it was perfect and then maybe it would have taken us another year or something. So I think if you have an ID, just try to have a small batch of products and just start going going out and then you can still change. And I think people really forgive you for changing along the way. And I think even like hospitality, I think they like it being involved with the process of changing from something maybe that's okay to something that's really nice. Yeah, and I think obviously you get 500 no's before you get your first yes. And I think with having your own business, you need to, you get so much rejection and there's so many people that either don't believe in what you're doing or they think it's way too it's a way too competitive market or I just I think it's tough dealing with all that kind of rejection and that's still still the case so you need to really find yourself something that you're 100% passionate about that you really love inside out that you completely believe in because I think in the first couple of years on the one hand side there are so many challenges it's super stressful you get lots of no's you need to give in a lot probably on your social life so if you're not 100 passionate about what you do then i think it's going to be very very tough i mean absolutely excellent advice from both of you and what should be very inspiring for people listening to what both of you said is the honesty uh, with which you answered that question uh, you all have been extremely successful but it is just inspiring for anyone listening in who has a dream to listen to the two of you uh, speak with such honesty and humility about you know the journeys that you'll have taken. It's been a real pleasure talking to you both. Thank you very much for coming on my show. Thank you so much for having us. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. You're listening to the business of food with Asma Khan, brought to you by Distill Ventures. To apply to Distill Ventures Pre-Accelerator or to begin your journey in creating a new drinks idea, head to www.distillventures.com now.